Passage Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Hey, 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 here we are back once again on Bass Edge Radio. Aaron, looking forward to another awesome episode. And we have one packed, as always, brought to you by our partners at MegaWare Keelguard. Be sure check them out we're getting into that fall time frame you're going to be up in those shallows right the water's cooling down you're going to need that keel protector on the front of your boat as well as the many other great products that they have you can check them out at keelguard.com and kurt speaking of needing the keel guard and the protector on fishing should be right should be getting better we have cooling temps shorter days what's your thoughts on that buddy yeah man fishing is going to be getting better as we continue through down here in south texas we are still you know in that transition time frame, we're seeing some fish up shallow, but um, we're not getting the big movement. I'm sure way up north, you know, in the smallmouth territories, those fish are really starting to have a lot of transition up in upstate New York and where I left, you know, a couple weeks ago up in Pennsylvania. Some of those fish are really starting to make those big movements. I think what's really critical in the fall time of year, and, and we're always going to be a little bit more delayed, even though the days are getting shorter and we are feeling some cool down in the south, that cool down isn't going to come as rapidly as it is up north. So what's really important to to combat that with your strategy is to keep, you know, bump and move, bump and move. You know, you don't want to get stagnant and working the same technique over and over because you feel like the fish should be doing a certain thing. Make sure if you're throwing a crankbait, you know, throw that crankbait for 15 or 20 minutes. Are you seeing the activity you need to see to believe that there's fish in the area? And not only that, are there fish utilizing the area? Because even though those bait fish are going to be moving into the backs of these creeks, there's not going to be a big population with every school of bait fish. So you need to really kind of pop and move, pop and move, move fairly quickly, and then keep changing and rotating those techniques maybe a little bit faster this time of year than you would other times of year because the fish are so scattered. And you really want to increase your opportunities and make sure that you're capitalizing when you're around some fish that are willing to bite. Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, you bring up a very good point as far as the fish being scattered and the closer that we get to the various fall turnovers, right, where that oxygen stratifies, the fish are on the prowl not only after forage because the bait's moving as well, the water's cooling down, but also just for comfort. So I think, you know, we've heard that talk time and time again on the various guests that we've had and tips and everything else. So a lot of good information. I couldn't agree with you more. That's right, Aaron. And speaking about tips, we've got another great tip coming up with the Protect the Heart harvest.com we tapped into justin adkins on our previous episode we asked him to give us some additional information on some boat positioning this is going to be the protect the harvest.com tackle tip coming up here in a moment This episode's ProtectTheHarvest.com Tackle Tip with Justin Atkins. Hey guys, Justin Atkins here. Um, today I want to talk about offshore boat positioning. You know, I live on Tennessee River, do a lot of offshore fishing, and I just got done winning the Forestwood Cup on Lake Murray. Um, at Lake Murray, to approach these deep cane piles offshore, I would set the boat down a long ways off, and you had to get a really good lineup on the cane pile and make a good straight cast. So I'd set the boat down and troll probably the last 100 feet to the cane pile to get a good lineup 
up, get some markings on the bank, markings on my graph, you know, and coordination of my waypoints, and I can make a good long straight cast. You always want to be quiet when you sneak up on offshore places. Yeah, these fish are 20 foot deep. That sounds really deep. That's only the length of your bass boat if you stood it straight up and down. So they know you're in the area. I try not to idle over them. Stay way back. Make a long cast. Um, you also want to take in consideration which way the wind's blowing. That way the wind will play in your favor to make that long cast. And uh, if your fish current situation, more like a ledge, you know, deal, you'll always want to be down current. That way you're casting up current and your bait washes because those fish set up watching the bait, you know, and what they're trying to prey on coming with the current. So you always want to be down current, make a good long cast up current, and that is my tip for the day. Thanks, Justin. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine Products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Nitro Performance Fishing Boats is now the official boat of Bass Edge Radio. Be sure to check out the Nitro Z-Series Performance Fishing Boats. The 2017 lineup features five boats ranging from 17.4 up to 21 foot 2 inches. Two new models for 2017 include the Nitro Z-17, our entry-level bass boat at 17 foot 4 inches and rated for 115 horsepower. The flagship of the Nitro lineup, the Nitro Z-21 at 21.2 in length. Its performance and fishability is unmatched. Designed with input from top elite pros like KVD, Edwin Evers, Rick Klun, and Ott Defoe, Nitro Performance Fishing Boats. Champions aren't born, they're made. Well, Aaron, last month, or should I say last episode, we introduced our Insta account, and that account at bass edge radio and don't forget about our other mediums out there on social uh we got the facebook account the twitter account we were always doing our listener question segments but uh, the cool thing about this new giveaway we've got going on is it's probably one of our biggest but we have been really upping the annies on these giveaways haven't we Aaron? oh for sure and wait till you see what's on the horizon for 2018 but i don't want to put the cart before the horse there but social media has been tearing it up with this $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And all you have to do is get on there, like it, do what it tells you to do, and you're automatically entered for that chance to win, Kurt. And quite honestly, it's $100, right? Yeah, no doubt. It's 100 bucks. We gave away uh, $150 worth of uh, clothing earlier this year. We did uh, some previous giveaways with Lucas Oil. We so, did the um, flex step. We, you know, we've done a... That's a, right. We did the flex skate step. Skate guard. So, man, we are really lighting it up, dude. I gotta say, I forgot about about all those giveaways so it's been fun we're going to continue to push the envelope on the giveaways and um man I- i'm excited about it get online right now go to our social media sign up it's in the queue as we speak a hundred dollars o'reilly auto parts gift card coming to some lucky bass edge listener but what else we got coming for a lucky bass edge listener we got the open champion on the line ready to queue it up let's hear what this guy's got to say longtime vet rick morris in the house this is Forest Wood Cup champion Justin Atkins. I'm Fletcher Shrike, Bassmaster Elite Series Angler. This is FLW Tour Pro Cody Meyer. I'm BASS Elite Pro Odd Default. This is FLW Tour Champion JT Kenny. 
This is Bassmaster Angler, Trey Saldane. Stay right here. More Bass Edge Radio is coming up. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Bass Edge Nation, we've got one of the true veterans in the game and the sport of bass fishing here today on Bass Edge Radio. Aaron and I are pleased to have with us BASS James River Open Champion Rick Morris. Thanks for being with us today, Rick. You got it. Good morning, guys. Hey, good morning, Rick. 237 events and then the win on number 238. You know, I've been a big fan of yours for a long time. Probably shows my age as well. Not that you're old by any means, but you've been doing this a very long time and had a lot of success. But with so many high finishes, finally getting to experience the win. And there are so many that really do not even get that opportunity. Has the years of pursuit been worth the feeling that you had as you stood on that stage and held that trophy over your head? Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's been a lot of years and it was awesome. And in some ways it was worth it. In some ways it's like, wow, did I really spend my whole life doing this for for one BASS win? But it was really glorious and I didn't cry and I didn't break down. And, you know, but inside I was feeling, you know, really blessed and uh, all the hard work paid off and uh, it was unexpected after being so close so many times I just uh, went into autopilot which means I did all my homework I was super prepared all my tackle was organized you know I'm a little older now so I gotta have everything ready so I don't have to spend two three hours in the boat at nighttime so I have every option available right there at my fingertips and all those years of experience I pretty much know all the different options and I've decided to stay in one exact area. But, yeah, um, wow. It was the wind finally came. It was it was in BASS. It was on my home water. It was at the James, around a lot of my good friends and, uh, and fans that have been um, following me forever. So for them and for me and for my family, wow, yeah, I was just really blessed. What, what a deal. What a deal. That is awesome, Rick. It was great for me to see you hold that trivia. It shows that there's a chance for me someday. Actually, that's, that's what I was <laughs> There's possibilities still there. Rick did it and got it done. And, and um, hey, you might do it again. You never know. Rick, you took a little uh, sabbatical, you know, the last couple years from national tour level fishing, kind of filling Bass Edge Nation and, and all your fans out there. You know, I remember a couple years ago, obviously you were fishing the elites for many, many years and you had a hardship and then you never came back from that hardship. Kind of where you been in your career, what you been up to, and what are you looking for coming up into the future? Well, you know, all those years of fishing Bassmaster Elites, you know, and bass, I have never missed a single day of practice or a single day of a tournament. So, pretty dedicated my whole life. Uh, and it just got to the point where my back was killed killing me and uh you know i still have back issues and and a lot of fishermen do we just learn how to cope with it get operated on or do exercises and so i pretty much do a lot of exercises you know so i I took a hardship for the back and then right along about that same time i took on my daughter when she wanted to come live with me at 14 and i thought that was going to be easier than it was (laughs) but then i realized i needed to be home more for her sake 
And also at that time, you know, the sponsorship wasn't so great. So you put all three together and it was like, okay, we got to step back from this and um, take a look at life and what matters the most. And at that point, it was uh, my well-being and my family. So my daughter graduated from governor's school, which is a dual enrollment thing. You go to college for half a day and you go to uh, high school for half a day for three years. And she had a 4.4 in the sciences, got an associate's in the sciences. Wow. And she's now, yeah, wow. And um, had you know, several medals and, you know, and I never went to college. My college was underwater, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right. she, so she's just started her second year at NC state and she's doing fantastic. So then I've, I heard about this word called empty nester. So when she left me, I became an empty nester. <laughs> I would make her breakfast in the morning and tell her, go bless the world with her presence and have her dinner ready and go to her soccer games. And so it was, uh, it was a really great time for me and my daughter, but let me tell you what, after 20 some years of fishing the elites there wasn't a night that went by that uh i didn't struggle with it you know i know everybody really well out there and some of us are really great friends and some of us you know we're just so so friends and it doesn't matter i still missed everybody i missed every piece of it right down to the core and so you know it was really 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 hard it's not as hard anymore it's been three years and if i don't go back to the elites you know i can accept that now and if I do, I'll embrace it again with every bit of last energy I have at this age and forward. Well, guys that are looking at the Southern Opens right now, you are right there, buddy. I mean, you're sitting in 15th, but you have four current elite anglers in front of you. You've got a final event at Smith Lake coming up later on this fall. I think it's the very last week of September, just now in a couple weeks. So you're right there to potentially requalify if you have a good event. Can we maybe see Rick Morse? back on the elite series in 2018 you know i got i got a little momentum you know i I got the monkey off the back and i'm fishing a little different i got some new sponsorship and uh, i got a lot of time on my hands for preparation and practice Uh, there's no off limits for that tournament so i've been there plenty of times and i'm gonna go down there and i'm gonna put my homework in on the place and so yeah absolutely if i get a get in a top 12 you know those elite guys uh if they're already qualified i don't believe they count uh so really i'm only fishing against a few guys that's exactly right it is a clear lake and it is fall and it's not going to be easy and the weights will not be really high but uh you're still dealing with a, a lot of local fishermen that really really know the water that time of year year in and year out but heck i've been doing this for lots of years i got my talents too that's right so it sounds like there is a possibility we'd see on the tour in 2018 that would be great you know one thing i want to mention about this james river event it's really uncommon in tournament fishing to take a win and your weights increase every single day of the event why do you feel number one why it's so uncommon to see that in tournament fishing and number two is how were you able to achieve that during the james event well i got off to a little bumpy start the first day and um i really don't like to say anything negative but it was a little bit of we were a little had a little bumpy road with me and my partner the first day but it wasn't nothing major uh he just liked to have lots of conversations and it wasn't his fault it was just I didn't really have my head just right in total focus, and I missed a really big one, and I just wasn't making my decisions as good as I should have. But, you know, I did miss a big one, so I had a chance to have 
14 pounds or so that day, and I only had that one big bite. And then the next two days, I had two big bites each day, and I lost one of those. So there wasn't really no miracle thing that I did or any major change. It's just just the way the hours played out and the way the bites paid out and my decision-making bumping between my few places, which I was only fishing a few. So when you get into these spots and, and even with, you know, like the big fish that the one that you landed and the two that you didn't, what was the main forage during the James event and how did you use that knowledge to your advantage concerning putting together that winning strategy? Well, the forage is, you know, it's a variety there too, but it wasn't so much the forage, it was the movement of the forage with the, with the tide. So tide gets the bass going, but it also affects what they're eating. So a lot of times with the tide changes, the shad would be really, hit, you know, flipping all over the place. I'm talking the big ones. And then, you know, and there was a lot of little shad also. And then, you know, when the tide's not right, where they weren't doing a whole lot. Then other times, Kirk Dove would come running through the whole area with his arms up in the air going, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'd be going, yeah. man, he's catching them. <laughs> no, I was but, catching uh, a lot of fish, just not the right size. That was the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty funny. But, yeah, so, you know, it was just um, I was fishing really slow and methodical, and that was mostly because of the pressure and the Florida strain bass. And, you know, the forge wasn't as large of a play as where and how I was fishing. Gotcha. Well, I will say one other thing. The area that I'm fishing, where I was fishing, you know, and a lot of other guys were in there too, has a huge hydrilla bed and a lot of drains in the back. So the water quality and the environment for the bait, it was through the roof. So the amount of food is super high in there. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of bait in the area and all of those kinds of things that were really uh, key to uh, having a high population of fish. One thing that's really interesting on tidal fishing for me, Rick, is, you know, you used to hear a lot about the milk run, you know, kind of running the tide, staying in that, you know, what is essentially known as the golden hour of tidal fishing, which is those last two, two and a half hours of outgoing tide. And now you don't hear about guys making milk runs anymore, kind of running the tide up and down these rivers. You don't hear about it much on the Delta. You don't hear it much on the James, Potomac, gosh, goes on and on down there at Atchafly Basin, um, all those places, St. John's River, you're just not hearing much about guys making these milk runs. Why do you think that's changed? And why do you think just dialing into a specific area in an estuary is now being so successful on these tidal fisheries? Okay, well, there's several reasons. And I have thrown that philosophy out the window 15, 18 years ago. Um, you know, I had a, almost had a woman on the Potomac and the elites, and that's been at least a decade and I just sat in one creek the whole time and I went to toss a fish over the side and it bounced back in and uh, lost $100,000 and by the way you can go to YouTube and look up Rick Morse rod break and you see me crack the rod over the side of the boat but anyway I, I spent the whole tournament in that creek and I learned that from fishing opens on the Potomac I would fish year after year with the, the opens used to go there all the time you got 200 guys 150 out there if you go leaving a, an isolated barge, a set of docks, a small grass bed, it doesn't matter. You go to the next one, somebody else is going to be there. And if nobody's there and you're like, all right, they just left. So running the tide does work to some degree, but not nowhere near as good. So if you run the tide, you're trying to keep yourself in an almost low situation or just the first part of incoming. You're also on a scramble and you're trying to, you're running into a spot. You're trying to present your baits properly. Let's 
say you had all the spots to yourself, which you don't. You run in there, you got to present your base properly, you got to stay the right amount of time, you got to pull out, you got to run to the next one, and you got to decide which one is the next one, and you got to roll in on it, and you got to do all this exact perfect timing for your five bites, eight bites, whatever you're going to get throughout the day. You're way better off to stay where their fish live because they don't leave, they're still there. Not every fish stops biting on a bad tide. You know, we get into this mindset of bad tide. Well, yeah, it's just not as good as the great tide because outgoing is your great tide and a little bit of the incoming is also your great tide. It's because of the, well, there's several reasons. As the water starts to drop, it gets cleaner and cleaner and cleaner and cleaner because the vegetation in tidal water, whether it's arrowheads, hydrilla, or pads, or cypress trees, filters the water. So the filtered water gets very clean, full of oxygen, and it energizes the bass. They're ready to feed. They know it. They lived that since the day they were born. So they go into a feeding mode. They can see better. And on top of all that, the bait comes out. So the bait gets in a more of a condensed area, whether it's drains, feeders, pads. They know those particular spots. They sit out there, they roll up there, and they eat. All right? So then the tide gets dead slack low. There's no movement whatsoever. They get a little dormant, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of like you left your house for a month. You didn't have no air on. You come in your house, close the door, there's not a stitch of air. You turn your air conditioner on, and that first breeze, that hits you like, wow, okay. Yeah, feels good real quick, right? <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, now I'll make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, right? So, uh, <laughs> Or you're standing out in the field, and it's it's so hot, and you know, all of a sudden you get a nice breeze because it's up. Same thing. So that turn of that first incoming water uh, is still good water quality, and it energizes them again and they eat again and a lot of times you catch some of your biggest fish in that first part of incoming here's the biggest reason in my mind why what happens is as that water picks up speed everything starts to get dirty so the bottom gets turned up things start to turn brown muddier the water goes way down in quality compared to what it was now all different creeks are different some creeks run a little dirtier than others so the fish get acclimated to whatever that creek is like. But after the, about an hour to an hour and a half, that hard pushing incoming is really strong and the water gets dirty. So then it gets really tough, really tough. So you fish through the tides and you can tell it's as fresh in my brain. So then what happens is, is it starts to get closer to high. It's not moving as fast. The air condition just went from high to low. So the speed of the water flow starts to slow. So then the particles in the water begin to settle. And then you can catch one here and catch one there. Then a full, full high, they tend to come up and go into places that usually don't have much water on them and they feed again a little bit now these are you know you're not talking the whole school you got you got a few fish like to feed right, on high right. a few fish in between and the majority like that perfect tide so then you go to flats or flooded pads you know pads on dead low a lot of times on the chick there's hardly you know there's six inches on high water there's two and a half feet so right, they, right. and then they go in and then it's the same with some cypress knees or trees or a shallow duck line so then you the hold your lure presentation and your pattern all changes so if you're in an area and you stay there the entire tournament you can manage your fish you can change your baits and there's another key is also you can see where everybody else is fishing around you because dudley was in there and Kurt Dove was in there and <laughs> CG was in there and several other people and so I would they were they know all the spots and we just 
we would bump around, but a lot of the guys would leave. And I could see a spot, and I'd say, okay, it's been, nobody's been on it for, for 15 minutes. Time for me to jump over there and see if something's moved up. And so if you have a lot of spots or several spots in one area you, that you can keep your eyes on, you can manage those. So when that tide hits perfect, you better be in position because it's a flurry. And I literally had, a, had some times that I was almost catching them on every cast. And that's rare in tidal water. I mean, that's yeah, really rare. Especially, and especially it would only time. last for, you know, Kurt saw where I was. You know, there was times in eight, ten casts I caught seven fish. And, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. And then, you know, you get that key bite that makes a difference. And that flurry, you know, I was making casts before that happened and was only getting one bite every 15 or 20 casts. And so you got to be right there in position on point, bam, and then, then, then the window opens and it starts happening so i had a better chance of that happening for me than if i was to run up and down the river all over the place if you stay right there sometime during the day that flurry is going to happen it happened twice each day yeah that makes perfect sense it's real easy to see why you know kind of staying in a particular area through the multiple tides changing the techniques and presentations like you discussed are uh, really important obviously you rode that to a winning strategy we're going to take a quick break bass edge listeners stay right here we're going to be right back more with rick morris after this message If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing and grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest, BrakeBest Select, and Wagner ThermoQuiet at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brake parts from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Edge Radio presented by PowerPole returns with pro angler Rick Morris in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. That's right, Lucas Oil high performance marine products from real oils to two cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. Speaking of working, Rick, you are a guide down on Lake Gaston in Southern Virginia. You know, fall is creeping up. How are you going to attack? fishing during the fall season with your clients well it's it's a big challenge you know any of these southern lakes where you generate power in the fall become really really tough and and when you're it's tough for anybody so when you're dealing with uh, anglers who want to put them on a lot of fish for the day and their skill level is you know mediocre um that's a big challenge so it's a lot of finesse fishing uh, on gaston we have a lot of docks and so that's the prevailing cover. But then when you're trying to teach people how to fish docks, that's a big challenge. So sometimes I actually have them stand right beside me, and I skip in hand, skip in hand, skip in hand. It's pretty cool. And, and it keeps my skipping skills up, and then they catch a few fish. But I only do that at the end of the day. Early in the day, it's all about that morning bite. So I, I try to teach them how to, you know, obviously it's frogs and buzzbaits and chatterbaits and teach them how to control water. See, it's all about teaching. I mean, these trips, the guide trips that I do, it's mostly teaching. You know, yeah, they want to catch fish, but they want to walk out of there with have learned a lot and some things that they need to change about their everyday habits of bass fishing. You're Average angler, you know, I'm saying average or beginner, you know, they go out and they put the boat in the water and they go down the bank and they fish for a long ways. And after if they catch a couple, they do, that's fine. If they don't catch any, they finally move the boat somewhere else and they say, oh, that looks good. And they start fishing there. So I try to teach them about boat control, covering water and changing bait. You know, look at the sun angle, find your shady banks. 
pay attention to the curd, the watercolor, the weather, and when to change baits two or three different times a day. And we usually end the day with the docks. So I, you know, I'm really good at teaching, and it's really helped me because it's taught me how to uh, slow down a little. I mean, I, I grew up with spin and tackle, and then bait casters came into my life. And I've gotten away from that some because I like the power fish so much. And I've had some bad tournaments where I didn't pick up the spinning rod. And, you know, in the win I just had, it, it was um, almost all of it was on the spinning rods. So it's fall fishing. Fall is tough. Uh it's mostly shallow water fishing and knowing how to cover the shallow water cover properly. So that's what I teach. Okay. Hey, Rick, let's break this down as deep as we can here for those folks that want to catch some fish this fall and kind of understand how the behavior patterns of the fish change let's say with incremental decreases of water temp. So for example, you know, water temps are, you know, 70 to 65, you know, what do you see the fish doing as far as adjusting from their summer mode and start transitioning into that fall mode? And if you can break it down and say five or, or 10 degree water increments from late summer all the way through winter. Okay, I'm gonna do my best with that. Um, it's not a, an exact science in the fall, First, I have to say this. Your most consistent bite in the fall will always be shallow. There's so many factors that are going on, and the fish are scattered. The fish are suspended. The fish sometimes school, sometimes they don't. And I'm not saying you won't win a tournament on schoolies out over 100 foot of water somewhere, but day in and day out, you better be up against the bank covering some water. So right now where I'm, where I'm at, it's about 85-degree water temp. It's already dropped 3, 4 degrees because the days are getting shorter and the bass are already into this late summer early fall funk and we all know what that means <laughs> yeah so you see them busting here and there one at a time one there uh when i get on some of these really deeper banks and the boat's sitting over 20 i can see you know all different types of species that are bunched up and suspended under the boat and occasionally one bust but there's a lot of them are in refusal so as pros we throw the little swim baits each out of alabama rig you try top waters or so many different things that you can cover water with so at about right now i'm going to start about 85 it's really difficult um you better be looking to get yourself up the rivers look for some of that cooler water coming from the dam from whatever reservoirs above if you have one fish your windy banks wind is your friend fish your shady banks the shade's your friend uh, then we're going to drop to 70, you know, as we go from 85 to 75, and that's pretty major, all right? So now that you should be looking for that schoolie bite, always have a spook on, put it on braid on a spinning rod so you can throw it a Carolina mile. I don't know if a Carolina mile is longer than a Texas mile, but you need to get a throw mile. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's so, not. Uh, Texas mile is much longer than a Carolina mile. Texas always has to be bigger what, and better, right? <laughs> that's what I was right. thinking. So 75, they should be getting more active. All right, things should be happening. You know, cover water with your square bills or your shad wraps, depending on your watercolor. Uh, top waters. Again, when I'm teaching my clients, you know, they throw top water, but yeah, you got to cover a lot of water and for a couple key bites. So it's a mathematical time thing. So uh, understand, you're not going to load the boat unless the schoolers come up for you and if you know where the schoolers live that's a whole you know 75 degrees you know you're going to be most likes get a lot of that so up the rivers windy banks shady banks stained water uh and then the schoolers so as it drops from 75 to 60 i'm, I mean, I'm going in 10 degrees but it'll get down about 65 let's see we had a tournament on bugs island years and years ago Kerr lake it was an invitational i believe denny brown won it but zell was leading it and he was just covering miles of shoreline with the pop bar. He turned Denny onto it, then he won the tournament. 
Ain't that something? Danny's winning the <laughs> yeah. tournament on a pop R. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so if sometimes that magical fall, it doesn't happen every year. And I've, I've been there many a times when it was low 60s, and the fish were in the back of pockets. They were on the points. They were just scattered everywhere. And he just, you know, covered. That was the pattern. Everybody was doing it. So was I. But he put his troll motor down. He went in the back, all the way to the back of little pockets, all the way out to the point, all the way back. And, you know, he caught some in the back, some on the front. Keep that trolling motor going. Make so sure you've that- got some really awesome, awesome batteries. You know, nowadays, you know, I'm using AGM North Stars. You've got to have serious power to fish like that. And you got to be able to go all day long. So that 60-some degree water can be really, really awesome for that top water bite. So basically you're looking at some top water opportunities all from now all the way down to the 50s. So that's everybody always wants that top water bite to be there. It's just going to vary on different lakes and sometimes it can be literally through the roof and and really awesome. Uh, small crankbait, square bills and you know some spinnerbait, some chatterbait. You know, chatterbait has a heck of a vibration, so there are times when spinnerbait will prevail over the chatterbait. And and I get that question all the time, and it's not an exact science. You have to get out there and feel it. It's the same as a square bill versus a tight wobble. You get out there and you throw it for a while, and you you need to switch up and try to see what's the mood of the bass. Are they just knocking it or are they crushing it? So that's a good tip there. When do you really see that, you know, fish start to slow down? It sounds like you're saying, you know, real activity generally picks up when that water gets into that mid-60s range, all the way top water fishing, all the way down through that low 50 range. When do you see the fish really start to go dormant and and kind of get inactive? What's that bottom range? Well, okay, so let me finish with, uh, you know, then you get into the 60s, the high 50s, and your main lake points and a jig and docks and all that. You can catch some really giant bass in those upper 50s. So you're still looking at awesome fishing, big fish. And now they're starting to, the schooling's going away. They're starting to orientate to the rock again. They're orientating to the docks again and the points. And um, it's almost like springtime when they're coming up, you know, staging in the early spring. And so you can catch some really big ones. All right, so now you're getting down into the 50s, still great fishing. Around here, it doesn't go tough until, you know, I'd say Christmas, you know. It has to get cold. It has to be upper 40s. And then, it, you know, of course, right. in some lakes, you go into that spooning bite. All right, so in the middle of winter here, for fun, we go out and just spoon in 30, 40. To, you know, look for the shad, spoon, spoon, spoon. You catch all different types of fish, summer bass. But some of these late fall tournaments, and I, I forgot to cover that, like um, Kerr Lake and Bugs Island, where there's not too much stuff on the bottom. A lot of those fall tournaments, you could also be spooning in the 60s and catching the roamers, especially your lakes with the blueback heron. So the fishing begins, you know, gets starts obviously in the upper 40s it starts to get tough on the fish and us just being out there in the weather and the elements all right so i'll go in and open some christmas presents and i'll put up my rods until it starts warm back up in the spring that makes good sense hey so we we talked a lot about this uh experience that you have helping clients out there fishing we got a great listener question that kind of runs down that same path so this question comes from johnny ray from louisiana this is our our riley auto parts better parts better prices every day listener question segment johnny's got two twin seven-year-old boys they love to fish he takes them whenever they can but up until recently they've just been into the live bait deal and the kids have been hammering
hammering him that they want to fish like daddy. What is the best lure for a little boy just learning how to fish with artificial lures for bass? Wow, that's a tough question. But, you know, the, the roots, I bet you if you asked uh, 10 pros, nine of them are going to say the first thing I ever threw was a plastic worm. So it's going to have to be worm, whether it's a shaky head or a drop shot. And I'd say keep it small so they get more bites and it's on a spinning rod and to be the easiest for them. We all know that a seven-year-old doesn't have the patience for worming, but if they've already got some skills and they're into it, you know, you got to get around some points and be out there at the right time. And hopefully you got spotted bass because there's a lot of them. And hopefully, you know, get that little drop shot out there with a red worm on there or shaky head and get them to slow down. But I would keep that live bait really close and just switch it up throughout the day. Keep it small. Keep it simple. Well, that's that's great advice. Hey, Johnny, thanks for sending in that question to Bass Edge Radio and be sure to enjoy those twin boys. And uh, Rick, I think you hit the nail on the head because when you're working with young people, right, if we want them to stay hooked, sorry the pun, but you know, to really be involved in the sport for years to come, creating that excitement. I know from dealing with my daughters in the past, that is uh, fantastic advice. Johnny, one thing we need you to do, you've got to email us again through our website or go to BassEdge.com, click on that Claim Your Prize tab, send us in your address, and we will mail out the O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card for letting us know that you heard your question answered here on the show by Rick. Rick, I got to tell you what, buddy. It's been an awesome time having you on the show. Do you have any final thoughts? or words for our listeners? Well, you know, I, I, I don't want to make a commercial, but I got to tell you guys, there. you know, I was fishing tidal water and I had used those power poles many times throughout the day. You're dealing with current. I had some key brush piles. I had some key cypress trees. I had some key duck blinds. It's really nice to be able to put those blades down and hold me in position to make multiple casts. Without those, you know, I wouldn't have had the win. So that is a must. I love fishing tidal water. You know, I use those North Star batteries. They're aging. GMs, they weigh 80 pounds a piece. They're the best I've ever used. I found them. They didn't find me. Um, of course, you know, Mercury Trite Motor Guide and my Lowrance Electronics. I found those brush piles in five foot of water on a side scan. How about that? That's amazing. That is. So anyway, you know, wow, just a great experience. I'm really excited about the new year. Can't wait to get down south and get back at it. I'm, I'm a fisherman at heart. I'll be there to the end. Rick, thanks so much for being on the show. A wealth of information on not only the tidal fishing, but also just walking us through those incremental temperature changes that all of us can use year round. Again, thanks. Best of luck in the upcoming season. We're going to kind of keep our fingers crossed that, you know what, not only you're going to make it, but that you're going to accept the invitation so I get to watch you again like we did back in the old days on the elites. But anyway, so long. Thanks for tuning in. Bass Edge Radio. Be right back. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Veteran Rick Moore.
Morris certainly had a tremendous wealth of information on fall fishing. But you know what, Kurt? Sometimes it can be a little lengthy to try and describe it because there is just no one exact science on fishing in the fall. That's right, Aaron. You know, Rick did a great job trying to describe what's going on. That's the hard thing to do is describe it. Almost as scattered as it is trying to discuss fall fishing is as scattered as the bass hour out on the lake. So um, that's why you've got to really keep queued up. You know, you got to stay active, stay involved, stay in touch with any little movement, any little change, either from day to day or in, in most of our cases, week to week as we get out there on the lake and, and really trying to put this pattern together. But generally, the cool thing about the fall is when you find an area where the fish have funneled to, they're not going anywhere. They funneled there for a really specific reason, and that is to get the feed started. Yes, does it get easier when that water temperature, I think, gets down to the low 60s, high 50s? Well, then, yeah, the feed bag is really on. But we're not quite there yet this time of year. That late September time frame is still that transitional time frame. So keep moving around. Just like Rick said, he gave a great description of different ways that you can do it, and it was fun having him on the show. Super proud of him winning that BASS Northern Open on the James River as well. Yeah, no doubt. Great guest. And speaking of the bass funneling down towards the backs of the creeks, we are funneled down towards the end of this episode. But just a quick reminder, several things to keep in mind. A lot of stuff going on in Bass Edge Nation. Of course, we've mentioned all the giveaways on social media. Check it out. We've got the listener giveaways. You can win a O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card for having your question answered. Plus, you get some great ideas and some great tips on how to catch more fish. If you're thinking it, chances are some else is too. We have on tap for next month another series of great episodes. Be sure to join us. Thanks for being part of this one. We are over and out for Kurt Dove. I am Aaron Martin. Be sure join us October 1st, everybody, for the next episode of Bass Edge Radio. is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com and be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance Electronics, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.